Welcome one. Welcome all to the greatest show of them all, the NFC East Mixtape. Baby, you can listen to this show wherever you get your NFC East blog podcast across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog of the boys YouTube channel. Uh, if you do, you will see, hear, read, smell, perhaps, uh, the stylings of myself. I'm Arjo Cho from Blogging the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. BLG, what is your favorite smell? We're definitely in trouble if the listeners can smell us. But uh, favorite smell? I remember distinctly being in the Rose Garden in Portland, Oregon, which, by the way. Oh, great call. Yeah. And uh, it just smelled so beautiful there. I mean, like, that makes sense. It's roses. But I didn't, like, actively think about that going into it. Like, it just smelled so great. Right. That's a great answer. Great spot to visit if you're ever in the Portland area. Um, I'm sure our friend Justice Mosqueda has been there uh, many a times. Yes, Bear. Um, I was going to say cinnamon rolls. Um, there's nothing like, you know, the smell of cinnamon rolls in the house just kind of flowing through everything. Your answer was a lot more pure than mine, I'll say. I have a time sensitive plug I wanted to get out at the top of the podcast. RJ, are you OK with that? Uh, is it for cinnamon right. rolls? So, uh Tonight, as of this posting, which should be Wednesday, September 6th, going to be at Wrong Crowd Beer Company in Westchester, PA, with Jimmy Kemsky. Uh, RJ, you will not be there because you're in Texas. But uh, if you happen to be listening to the mixtape and you want to come hang out with one half of the show and also Jimmy Kemsky, you can hang out with us on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern in Westchester, PA. Just wanted to put that out there in case any last minute uh, listeners wanted to know about it, didn't know about it uh more details on bleedinggreennation.com there you go um jimmy is a part of the nfc east mixtape universe he has a song on the playlist so i mean you know you can ask him about that you can ask him about his thoughts uh, about the cowboys if you'd like i'm sure he has a lot because he's an eagles fan and the cowboys live rent free in in the minds of eagles fans um brandon it's week one we did it we made it this is why we lifted all those weights what do you mean you don't remember the Bill Parcells quote uh, where he's like coaching no. up the Giants? You've never seen that quote? It's like a really uh, famous NFL Films quote. He's he's yelling at the Giants defenders um, on the sideline, uh, coaching them up, obviously, in the 80s. And he's like, this is why you lift all them weights. Um, I do a horrible mm. Bill Parcells, but like that's such a cool line. So this is why we lifted all the offseason weights to get right here. It is potentially exciting for non-Eagles fans here the last week that the Eagles could be in the top spot, at least for some time. Uh, since it is, for those who don't know, we do the NFC I, East mixtape in order in terms of division standings carrying over from the previous season. Mm-hmm. So there's opportunity for things to change. I would say there's a 99% likelihood that things will change because the Cowboys and Giants are playing one another. And unless they tie um, and the Eagles also win their game, um, it will be the Cowboys or Giants who lead the discussion next week. Uh, but that's a next week conversation. Obviously, we're here this week and the Eagles still hold the right as reigning NFC East champions. They are looking to become the first since themselves uh, 19 years ago to repeat as NFC East winners. Uh, we're in the time where everyone is offering up their divisional picks and conference picks and Super Bowl picks and MVPs and all sorts of stuff. In fact, I did that um, on Tuesday uh, with Mark Schofield and JP Acosta on Monday Football Monday. Um, they both picked the Eagles Football to win Tuesday. the NFC East. Yeah, it was. Uh, They both picked the Eagles to win the NFC East. I've seen a lot of Eagles, Cowboys, NFC Championship game picks. I think a lot of people really want to see that. We were obviously very close last year. Dallas couldn't live up to their end of the bargain. Uh, That sounds devastating. um, (laughs) I mean, it'd be great for a lot of reasons, but also just like having to finish the season like that just is the worst scenario. It would be incredible. the Super Bowl. Yeah, for any Cowboys or Eagles fan, it would be incredible if your team won it. You know what I mean? But like if your team lost that game, it would be one of the worst losses in your lifetime. Like there's no doubt about it. Uh, So, yeah, I also think that sounds and I think you agree. That sounds terrible for you and me from a work perspective. That would be I don't know that we would ever sleep like it would be a very, very long week. Yeah, it would be. And then Uh, maybe that's what be too much juice ahead of the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much mm. juice for that game. Is there any juice left for the Super Bowl at that point? Um, speaking of, Super Bowl 57 is on NFL Network right now. How did that game in? Uh, let's turn on and see. Let's find out. <laughs> um, well, no one knows. Um, uh, the field looks great right now. Uh, yeah, sure <laughs> but, uh, <it> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, okay, so let's get to week one. 
Um, our kind of regular season format as we discuss normally what has happened uh, for these games or for these teams, rather. Obviously, we're not quite there yet. So it's a lot of previewing, lots of previewing happening, of course, all throughout uh, these places. So make sure to check out Bleeding Green Nation, Blog on the Boys, Big Blue View, Hogs Haven, because every team is super pumped and super gassed, obviously, for the regular season to begin. Brandon, the Philadelphia Eagles begin on the road against the New England Patriots. Uh, mm. I, I think we said this at the time. What a horrible pick for the Patriots to honor Tom Brady. Why would you pick <laughs> the team that he lost the Super Bowl to? Like, obviously, he's lost multiple. Well, but, like, like you know, like, you would you would think that you would pick the Falcons, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't pick one of the lowest, you know, moments of the Tom Brady, you know, whatever. Granted, they did beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl as well. Uh, but anyway, whatever. Can the Eagles overcome the Tom Brady power that will be at Foxborough? I definitely think that gives the stadium some extra juice i don't think that's nothing at the same time i look at this patriots roster and which play it's my classic game of which player on the roster really scares you you know you can say certainly matthew judon coming off a great season he's certainly sure. someone you have to account for um outside of that i mean are there a lot of names here are you really scared no. of Devontae Parker at this point? I mean, you're going to bring up Juju, but Juju was like not even good in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm surprised that we haven't we haven't seen the Juju uh, story at least. You know, I I really anticipated that. Obviously, at the time I didn't know when the game was going to be, but I anticipated that when the game would ultimately happen, that somebody and granted, it's we're recording this on Tuesday, so it's not like players have yeah. spoken yet. Um, but I really thought that somebody would have brought up the Valentine's Day joke and how he just kind of was well, clapping endlessly. That will be coming up tomorrow, I'm sure, as in today, Wednesday. Well, that's all I really care about. I just want to see the the like reaction and then the Eagles locker room reaction. That's really all I want. Um, but I mean, he's not a great player right now. It's, I mean, yeah. like Mac Jones, I mean, isn't Zeke. this list. Zeke <laughs> Elliott, that's true. Uh, it'd be so funny if Zeke had like 150 yards in this game. Be that would be amazing. I, would I mean, I like, I like Armando Stevenson. He's certainly, I think, someone who might be more popular in fantasy or better in fantasy than necessarily reality. Nice player, but like, again, not like a game breaker or anything. I feel like I've been higher on Mac Jones relative, like throughout his career relative to everyone else. But I mean, again, I still think there's a ceiling there that you're not really intimidated intimidated by as much as I think he can be functional. But I say that I think one of the biggest storylines heading into this week one game is the Patriots offensive line is not in great shape. They just put Riley reef on IR um, from left to right. They're looking at Trent Brown, Cole strange, David Andrews, Mike Wenanu, and Calvin Anderson up front. Uh, that's on our lads. And I feel like there's just reading some of the Patriots coverage and their beat writers and everything and checking out Pat's pulpit. There's still like some uncertainty too. And also a lot of that group hasn't necessarily been able to spend time with each other in training camp because there's been injuries and stuff. So, I mean, if we're just going to oversimplify this and say, how do things look in the trenches? I mean, advantage Eagles. And that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't, I don't know what area of this game I'd give the advantage to new England. I mean, Maybe coaching if you're, you know, I know people are down on Bill Belichick right now, but like if you're, you know what I mean? If you're giving the like benefit of the doubt to Bill Belichick and there's a lot of pressure, why obviously. Should why should we? Well, I'm not saying you should. I'm, I'm just, are, but like, why should we? I mean, I would offer because he's the greatest coach of all time. That would be why. But since not having the best quarterback well, of all time, I agree with you. Uh, to be clear, I'm just answering the question. But I mean, so it's been three years now without Tom Brady and they were a playoff team one of those years, but um Barely, it has yes. it has not looked great it has not ever felt smooth um it has not ever been seamless it has always kind of just been difficult and awkward and you know like like they they're getting by the hair of their chinny chin chin sort of thing um so i agree so like again that would be the only way i could give them an advantage was to say well bill belichick is the goat so like he gets the edge over nick sirianni but uh the eagles are the better roster uh they're the more aggressive team and i i mean this i'm there are certain teams that I'm really interested to see. Um, I don't want to say proof of concept, but like who they are. Like the, the Patriots are one of those teams this year with the offensive, you know, regeneration with Bill O'Brien. If you believe in that being a thing, you know what I mean? I don't, but there are some people who do. I mean, so maybe that would be like the one kind of calling card for them is that Bill O'Brien does revive this offense and it's somewhat passable no pun intended and that would be what that's the that's their path to victory is is my point but it's a I very mean, very small likelihood certainly better than having 
Matt Patricia, Eagles defensive assistant, uh, as the lots of revenge angles in this game. Offensive coordinator. Well, it's also you know a double agent angle potentially. I was talking about this with my friend um, Alex, who lives in Boston. Not a not a Patriots fan. He actually moved from Detroit anyway. Um, but like we were, he used to be. So he used to be, he's a Lions fan, which is why we were talking about it. You know, Patricia used to be the Lions head coach, of course. And we were like, how funny would it be? Like it'd be so funny if like. The Eagles lose this game and Patricia just like quit and like, like, rejoined the Patriots. Like as someone who would be like obviously mad about that in terms of hurting the Eagles, I still think that'd be very objectively would, just funny. It's like like it would I would you would have to like respect the troll. You know what I mean? Like you would have so to be like brazen. Well it's just like not even not uh, even hiding it. Uh, but anyway, so, so well, it's the first a... game with Patricia and Darius Slay operating on the same team again. Um, like I said, the revenge angle for Patricia, revenge angle. If you want to call it revenge for Zeke, like not revenge, but like he, you know, whatever he knows the Eagles, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm trying to think, I guess the juju element, if you put anything into that, I feel like I'm the only person who mildly cares, but um, I think James Bradbury would love to shut the juju it, down. I think he's certainly motivated by that. I don't, my take on the, the like the James Bradbury side of it was he, he was, he always seemed way more even keeled than anybody else. Uh, like in since that's that why moment. like going after him is really bizarre. Like he's right. Never, he's not even like a trash talker. It's like you're picking on the guy who literally is quiet and minding his own business. Like what are you doing? What's the point of that? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. Like I think James Bradbury's like you want to fight? Okay, fine. You know what I mean? Like it, it would be one thing if like he had been like lamenting it and being like this was a horrible call, and then yeah, you know, if, and then if Juju had like whatever. Uh, right. But it like, was he admitted. Kind of, yeah, it that... felt like Juju just wanted to troll um he's not a so, controller dude um uh, whatever but the as of this moment you mentioned it's tuesday for us it's currently uh 317 eastern at this moment the patriots are or excuse me the eagles are four point favorites according to our friends at DraftKings sportsbook i'll take that uh i know we're going to make our picks um in case anybody doesn't know we do another show together on the espionation nfl show feed that comes out on fridays called tgi football with our buddy steven serta so we'll pick every game uh, against the spread as well and we'll see if this line moves between now and then uh but I'll take the Eagles and I will say, and I know you know this, um, but it's an important, you know, few days or, or week coming up for the Eagles with the Thursday night game against the Vikings. So got to get off to a hot start because you immediately go into short week. You can get through the next, well, now, what is it? Nine days, 10 days, whatever, two and oh, like that's such a positive start to the season, but that starts with this particular game. I feel like the line's a little low. I feel like you would expect it to be higher, right? I would have that fair yeah. to say? If you had asked me to guess, I would have said six and a half. Yeah, I would say like five and a half, maybe somewhere yeah. around there. No, like four, like seven is you know you're basically predicting like a blowout on the road which isn't tough it's week one weird things can happen week one i think there is a little bit of benefit of the doubt being baked in here with belichick but as you mentioned as i mentioned resume post tom brady not so great that one playoff game that they made they got blown out 47 to 17 <laughs> by, the, by the bills perfect. when they were like super hot to be josh clear. Was like that's true he literally had like a perfect game josh Allen was like flawless in that game he's 20 25 and five touchdowns um yeah i don't know i'm just i'm over the Patriots mystique at this point. Um, Mac Jones, again, I think if you give him a support system in place, I think maybe he could be like Jared Goff at like his ceiling. He could give you something like that, but he does not have that kind of sort of support system in New England. You know, I think the Patriots are going to try to run the ball a lot, um, you know, keep the Eagles off the offense off the field and whatnot. Uh, the, some of the best players I said on the Patriots, you know, you're talking about um, their edge rush and everything. Matthew Judon, like the Eagles have the offensive line to kind of neutralize that. So um, yeah, I, I just don't really, other than like week one weirdness, the Eagles kind of uh, smelling themselves too much. I don't really see the football matchups here that are just so in favor of the Patriots. I feel pretty good about the Eagles winning this game and covering. Um, I agree with you. Um I mean, there are teams that come out of nowhere, right? Maybe the Patriots do, you know what I mean? And maybe like at the end of the season, we're looking back like, oh, how did anybody doubt this team? Blah, blah, blah. But uh, for now, I don't think there's any reason to pick against two, the Eagles. 2-0 and o under Sirianni, by the way, in week one games, small sample size. But they, they came out hot both times, too. For all like the criticism about how, oh, they're not even playing the starters in the preseason games and they're barely practicing, blah, blah, blah. That's never been like a slow start kind of issue. I know the Lions game last year ended up being close, but the Eagles got out to like a big lead in that game. And the, the same thing in the Falcons game in 2021, like they started hot in both of those games. So there's you can't even be like, well, what if they start slow? I mean, I don't I don't see the evidence of that. I remember uh, during the Lions game last year, I had a tweet that 
ultimately wound up aging incredibly poorly. I mean, it, I was trolling. Um, I think I'm better at it than Juju. Uh, but at one point, I, maybe Jalen Hurts started off 0 for 5 passing. Or at one point, he had five straight incompletions, whether it was to start the game or not. Wow. Um, and I remember tweeting what a at disaster. that. Yeah, I remember tweeting like, I mean, again, I was just having fun. But I remember tweeting like, Jalen Hurts is 0 for 5 or whatever it was. If he's missed his last five throws, whatever, like, again, whatever the sequence was. And then, like, poof, like one of the, like, all-time great seasons. Like, it was just like a really funny uh, sort of um, direction um, that I, I chose to spit in. Um, so, my bad. Um, okay, so we're both taking the Eagles. Um, like we said, Eagles, Vikings next week on Thursday Night Football. So, um, of course, a quick turnaround for Philadelphia. Uh, we only have three games to discuss this week because as we move now to the Cowboys, uh, who would be second in our conversation, uh, they're playing the team who would be third in the conversation in the New York Giants. Dallas visiting New York um, on Sunday night football. Eagles play at noon, right? Or 1 p.m. Eastern. Is that correct? No, it's it's a four o'clock game. Okay, four o'clock game. Excuse me. Uh, so you can go right from Eagles, uh, Patriots into Cowboys, Giants, of course. Uh, and the Commanders play at noon. So you can get, you know, all there three windows go. covered uh, by the NFC Beast, uh, a name that we came up with. We came but up anyway, with that name. Uh, uh, no one else can. No one else is allowed to use that too. That's the other thing. Uh, trademarked. Dallas visiting yeah. New York. The line currently Dallas by three. It's um, hopscotched a little bit. Been three, three and a half, just kind of depending on when you've looked. Um, obviously, this is a, a week one Sunday night game that used to exist forever. Week one game that used to exist forever. Um, the Cowboys are four and six in their last ten season openers. Brandon, uh, all four of those wins are against the Giants. Uh, they are four and one. So half of their last 10 season openers have been against the Giants. The only loss was the first game of the Dak and Zeke era, that 2016 opener. Um, the Cowboys have visited the Giants in the season opener before. Uh, it was to start the 2012 season when New York hung their Super Bowl 46 banner. That actually was on a Wednesday night, not the, the traditional Thursday night because of I think it was the Democratic National Convention that was happening. Uh, but anyway, Dallas won that game, spoiled the party. Uh we haven't seen the Cowboys starters, kind of like we talked about with the Eagles. Uh, so it's the unveiling of that. Um, the Giants are obviously feeling themselves a little bit. Our buddy Ed Valentine, who will be heard from um, throughout this week on the blog and the voice side of things, is feeling Daniel Jones and the Giants. Mm -hmm. uh, your thoughts? Did you know, RJ, that the Giants and Cowboys used to be one team during World War II? No, I feel <laughs> like that's, that's your Steagles bit, but it's like... It always gets talked about how the Giants and Cowboys play a lot, but then they're like, no, they don't actually do that as much. But sure enough, it is happening this year in week one. Why would you possibly give the Giants the benefit of the doubt? It's not to say they can't win, but why would you possibly feel like this is going to be different until you actually see it happen? I've used that logic before with them, the Giants, the Eagles. It's the same kind of logic against the Cowboys. There's many times where I've been watching a Cowboys Giants game, typically pulling for the Giants to come out on top. And as I like to always say, don't move for the tie. It's dumb. It's not, first of all, it's not a real thing in terms of like likelihood. And second of all, you want the superior team to lose because they're going to have to lose at some point. And, and that's, gonna, the, that's the bigger threat. You want the bigger yeah, threat to lose. It's very obvious. always yeah. want the bigger threat to lose. Like, I don't know how that's not more obvious than now it again. Is. I, I'm told I hate that every time. It's like, well, I, I'm, I'm rooting for both teams to lose. Uh, okay, that's great. That's cool. Um, I agree with you on giving the Giants the benefit of the doubt. I'm very interested to see not giving um, them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, well, I mean, on the subject of giving them the benefit of the doubt, because I'm very interested to see. I think you know, if they look great, then okay, hey, like all the moves and you know, then everyone Jones. can line up and apologize. But until sure, then, that, no. Um, this does feel like a game where Jalen Hyatt's going to have like a 64 yard touchdown or something. First play of the game. <laughs> Chuck it out deep. RJ's muted his microphone because Bears chiming in. He's really yeah. excited. He's worked up. He's, well, he's excited for week one. He is. Um, this is, I don't know. Well, you give your thoughts. I did. I said, I'm, I'm not, if I'm, uh, looking at this matchup, I can't possibly take the giants to win it. If we're talking about, okay, what are some of the best matchups in the giants favor? Um, I do think it's interesting that Tyler Smith popped up in the injury report. Seemingly so, doesn't sound so super serious as, as we sit right now, um, again, on Tuesday afternoon, 
Jerry Jones uh, began his biweekly uh, radio interviews on Tuesday morning on 105 through the fan. He said they considered it to be minor. It was a hamstring issue, just to be clear. Um, so it's kind of a scary thing to hear out loud because you always kind of think of that as something that lingers. Uh, but, you know, again, Cowboys are saying everything is fine with Tyler Smith. Who would have ever thought he would have been uh, the first Smith, the first T. Smith to get hurt this mm. season uh, in any capacity? Uh, but nevertheless, Smith. Um, that's true. Uh, Cowboys optimistic about Tyler Smith. Other than that, I mean, they haven't totally offered um, a ton on whether or not Donovan Wilson will like Bo show play this game if you recall he was hurt at the beginning of training camp but everybody's like he'll be fine for week one um you have to wonder whether or not the cowboys you know feel like they could maybe cheat life a little bit and keep him on ice um he's not on the pup list or ir or anything so uh, maybe he would be a game day inactive um but you know we'll see um but either way yeah i mean i'm i guess what i'm i'm nervous about darren waller yeah. but what just worries like the most i guess heading darren into waller and I mean, I say Jalen Hyatt, but this is, I guess, like, sometimes it's scary to see things in action. You know what I'm saying? Like, we haven't seen Stephon Gilmore in action. You know what I mean? So, like, in theory, I'm not worried about Jalen Hyatt because mm -hmm. I really trust the Cowboys cornerback duo. And I really trust Deron Blaine in the slot. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm just nervous about some of the better players on the Giants winning at some point, whether it be Darren Waller or Jalen Hyatt, whatever the case may be. I'm really anxious. Maybe that's the best word. I'm anxious about seeing the Cowboys offense and the Mike McCarthy-led offense and Dak and Tony Pollard. We haven't seen them, you know what I mean, and CD and Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks involved and the Jalen Tolbert experience taking off. Like, I'm just anxious. I believe in it, but, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, it's easy to believe, but it is also scary when it's time to, like, peel the plastic off your phone for the first time. You know what I'm saying? So there's the scenario where it's business as usual. Cowboys kind of just have their way, generally, with the Giants like they typically do. also think there's the scenario where, okay, let's paint that picture. It's Daniel Jones comes out looking hotter than expected. He hits a deep bomb to Jalen Hyatt early in the game. Cowboys offense trying to run it with Tony Pollard, and he just doesn't look totally the same it looks like he's hampered it's not really effective the giants um defensive line which certainly in theory at least is good against the run it wasn't last year we'll see if they're better this year they tried to do some things to shore up the run by signing bobby okereke and um adding a robinson and obviously dexter lawrence yeah you get him back and you still have leonard williams uh maybe Kevon thibodeau takes a leap maybe the, the giants uh, that defensive line, the run defense has really improved. They're putting a lot of pressure on Dak to pass the ball. Um, and it's like, it's a big question. Is this truly, you know, turning a new leaf for Dak from 2022 to 2023? Or is it more of the same player last year who certainly had some bad luck? But are there kind of some forced throws in there too? And and just does it kind of, I think if it's like, I think if it gets uncomfortable early, for the Cowboys, I think maybe things start to unravel a little bit. Not in a way where they necessarily totally lose the game and they get blown out, but I think like it's like it just feels like more of the same of last year, and the Giants are kind of just hanging around. It would almost be like a redux of last year for both teams. It's like the Giants are hanging around, they're hanging around. The Giants didn't like go out and smash teams last year. They always just kind of like they were able to stay in the game, and at the end they were able to kind of just outlast their opponent and not make as many mistakes as them. I think it would so be something like that. So if you recall, the last matchup between these two teams was kind of close, like for the most part. Um, until, right? Yeah, until it wasn't. So um, New York got out to the 3 nothing lead. Uh, Dak had the interception, whatever. And then Dallas scored. So they were up 7-3. Then New York's up 10-3. Then 13-3. Um, and then Dallas took the lead. Um, that was the halftime score. Thir thir sorry, 13 to 3. 13 to 7 was the halftime score. There was a lot of like, what are you doing? Playing with your food, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Dallas took the lead and never looked back. 14 13, 21 13, 28 13, just kind of this like barrage. Um, and so I, I think, and I think you think, that the Cowboys are a significantly better team than the Giants. Like we talk about the, how many months have we talked about uh, the NFCs, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Niners, in whatever order. I mean, the Giants are not in that cut. And I would offer, they're not even in the second cut, right? Like the second mm. cut might be, like I would put the Vikings there, some people would put the Seahawks, Seahawks. whatever. Um, they're, they're not even in that cut is my point. But so like if you're, and it is week one, so you do have to offer that qualifier. But if you're playing with your food a little bit, I mean, don't do that. Just go out, smash them, get out of town, get a road division win in your pocket and go home. Be happy. Do you think the stadium will be juiced? I think there's, you know, some. of course, they will. this is the been... most excited Giants fans have been in how long? That's, and mean... that's not nothing. I mean, I think we saw some of that with the Lions last year. Like the Lions crowd, I think, was so much louder than anyone expected. It didn't 
help them in terms of, well, the Eagles won the game, but um, things were getting close there towards the end. And I think the crowd was kind of like definitely giving that Lions team some juice. If that was a road game, I don't know if they fight their way back into the game like that. So I do think that's a factor as well. I could see the Giants making it a close game. What's the line again? Minus three. I mean, I'll take the Cowboys, but I do. I'm going to take the Cowboys as my lock of the week because I think they're going to win. But I do think it could get a little. I think it'll be a game until the end. Is how Wait, I'll put it. you are taking them as your lock of the week. I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover so, as my lock of the week, but I think it'll be a game that's decided late in the game, very late. Um, so I'm going to offer um, some like team building ideas uh, for us for the NFL show. Um, I think that we should only be allowed to lock a team once on the NFL All year. Show. Like a, yeah, like we could survivor league pick basically. Right. Well, you can, you can So for anyone who's unaware on Fridays with Steven, we pick every game that is. I disagree. This is about making money. <laughs> well, I know, but like we can, we can and workshop really this good with, last year. We can workshop this with Steven. Maybe it's not once. Maybe it's like I want to help the listeners. And maybe it's like three like times last year. You know, maybe, maybe it's like three times. Again, we can workshop it with Steven. But like, I think that makes it challenging. You know what I mean? Because you, can, you, you can't just like ride one team's coattails. Well, something. I kind of have that rule in place. We had it last year. Like you can't do it repeat weeks. I know. All I'm saying, maybe once a month. You know what I mean? Like you can only. So mm. this is your Cowboys lock of September or something like that. So again, <laughs> no. we'll talk to Steven. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to take the Cowboys, too. I'm not going to lock them up. Uh, but three points is easy, I think, against the Giants. Should be easy. So go out, do it. And then next week, we've got Eagles-Vikings. But next week, I've been trying to make this a thing. Um, the Cowboys are starting their season off Sinatra style because they play the New York Giants, and then they come home and play the New York Jets. So the last thing you need, by the way, is to drop this game and then come home and have Aaron Rodgers show up, especially if they get the Monday Night Football win and they're 1-0 and and you're 0-1 and, and then all the 0-2 talk. Don't put yourself in that position. It could also be in the spot where, like, you know, if things go well with the Eagles and against the Patriots, and then they're able to beat the Vikings, you're going into that Sunday already knowing the Eagles are 2-0. and Right. So, like, it's like, okay, the pressure's on. We've got to keep pace. And then, yeah, if you lost to Rodgers, it could get like, – that's a, that's a panic scenario quickly. Also, like, from a Cowboys angle, so Philly's um... – well, Philly's third week is at Tampa, so kind of a you know easy game, obviously. But Theory. Cowboys, Cowboys week three is um, at Arizona. So you get this win, you go home, you focus on Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like you're in a strong position to start off three and zero. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to look at the season in little sections like that. Um, so just get through the Arizona game right now. So um, very, very, very excited to see Mike McCarthy's offense. So we're both taking the Cowboys, and right now we're gonna take something else, and that is a break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon, you told me what you close your eyes and see when you close your eyes right now. I see (laughs) the fact that you can't look at the season in chunks, RJ. You have to look at it one week at a time. The next game, that's all we're focused on. We're just preparing for the next opponent. And then after that, it's the next one. And after that's the next, but it's all one at a time. We want to go one and oh this week. That's the goal here. Um, okay. That's uh, super cliche and lame. But anyway, uh, before we get to the commanders game, I wanted to tell you something or uh, kind of bounce something off of you. So the Washington commanders, speaking of those Arizona Cardinals, they are visiting them and the commanders are the biggest favorite of the week within the division. They are seven point favorites. Um, so I saw something in the Washington post. I read it on Sunday night and I wanted to just discuss it with you. So Neil Greenberg wrote this and he referenced Brian Burks. Um, he did this several years ago for ESPN and it was like, 
an aggregate way of it was like a formulaic way of determining which coaches were on the hot seat. And there was I don't know if you've ever read this before, but it was like um, the playoff drought, playoff wind drought and all these things have like quantifiable, you know, elements that you can kind of effectively create a formula to discern which teams are on the hottest of hot seats. Uh, so that being said, um, this formula spat out uh, Josh McDaniels as the coach with the second hottest seat. He's at 62 percent. Who do you think is number one? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, I, who are we talking about? Uh, Ron Rivera, 88% chance oh. of being fired, according to this particular study. I mean, I don't think his seat is hot to me. Like, that's not how I think of it. I just think, like, it's it's not that it's hot. Coach, so he's, just, yeah, it's, well, he's call it what gone. you want, but like, that's what I'm In saying. Call mind. it what you want, because like, and some, so like, part of what impacts Ron Rivera's like formula is the new ownership, right? And things like that. So, like, Again, he's. They, it's not that like he's got one foot out the door. Someone who like has boom bust, but like has a chance to actually save their job. You know what I mean? Like if they do well, they'll keep it. Like, I don't really know that that's the case here. Like that doesn't really. I mean, obviously, unless they do. I thought, it, does I thought well. it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting way to quantify how the likelihood of Ron Rivera leaving. How, whether you believe that's like because of pressure or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I like mean, it, it this is, is it most likely you know head coach to be fired first. He's certainly you know up there. But again, part of that is just baked in because it's a new ownership and there's no commitment to him. Right. They weren't the people who hired him. So and that's unique. You know, there's not many coaches who are like that. There's some, but there's not many who are like that. So anyway, uh, what is it like to have to root for Jonathan Gannon as an Eagles fan? Because you want the commanders to lose. Uh, so you've got to root for John. Jonathan Gannon went from like, again, around Christmas time, like you loved. You know, I understand that people were kind that's of wearing thin on, on the maybe people not love, but like at least enjoyed to like public enemy number one like, like the the leap from that to that only chauncey gunner johnson took a similar leap over the course of the offseason uh but nevertheless eagles fans rooting for jonathan gannon's cardinals who won't name a starting quarterback brandon mm. because it would be an advantage uh for the commanders to have. advantage baby yeah um i just don't there's no way that the cardinals have a shot here none i would think not because they're not really trying to win in terms of the bigger picture. Obviously the players are going out there and they're trying, they have jobs to compete for, but not a good roster. Who, yeah. Who is the quarterback? The fact that you don't know the answer to that question is a major red flag going into week one. I think Josh jobs again, gives you a chance to win like a given game and can do some things, but, and I know he has some familiarity with the coaching staff. RJ left the screen, by the way, for the audio listeners. I don't know where he went. Um, he actually left a while. Now he's back. But um, I was saying, RJ, that you don't know uh, the quarterback that freaks you out. You don't know the quarterback. And also, I know that like he has some familiarity with the coaching staff from their time together um, with the Browns or like the Browns. So what the, the Cardinals offensive coordinator or whatever like has a background with the Browns. I don't think they were both there at the same time. Regardless, even if that's true. It's not like Josh Dobbs has a lot of like time to practice with these new teammates and like no, develop a rhythm this, and chemistry and those players and like that's this, not good. This is the Caleb Williams tank. Like I'm not the first or the five millionth person to say that, but like that's clearly what's happening here. I mean, this is not an attempt to put out the best possible version of yourself if you're the Cardinals. I mean, I'm I'm kind of happy that people are kind of coming around to the Cardinals being this like loser organization. I've I've said for years that the Cardinals are pathetic. Like the fact that they put Carson Palmer in the Ring of Honor is one of the most pathetic things that I've ever seen a franchise do. Like it's really sad that Larry Fitzgerald played his whole career there. It's incredibly sad. It, but that like all the Cardinals do, ironically, is take the Larry Fitzgeralds. You know what I'm saying? Like the players who were like really great somewhere else. And then, like, let them have their, like, kind of swamp. They retire in Arizona. You know what I mean? Like, you, oh, the you, weather's nice you, and the golf's great. Like, I mean, the weather's really hot, but you get my point. Like, it's not cold. You should have been on the Steelers at one point. You know, go back to Pittsburgh. Really should have happened at one point, even late in or, his career. Just or the Vikings. A, it would have cleansed him, you know, from the loser yeah. stench of the Cardinals to, like, an actual respectable NFL organization. Um, um, I I saw a tweet yesterday. I'm working on pulling it up because um, I tweeted the matchups for every team in the division. Um, this scenario, this situation has like commanders blowout written all over it. And then the national media is like, I don't know, man. Watch exactly. out. Oh, here, I was just going to uh, say this. Here, here it was. 
it was from Gabe Farias. Uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, whose uh, handle is rhyme for a dime. Uh, they tweeted at me and said, Commander's going to thrash the Cardinals week one, like 28 to seven. And everyone is going to be like, oh my gosh, Washington might challenge for the NFC East title. Conveniently forgetting that the Cardinals are a tanking team. That's totally going to happen. Well, I was going to say, as if everyone hasn't also been saying that the Cardinals and also they'll be like, well, I know the Cardinals are bad, but still Washington looks pretty good. It's I do think still something... in the NFL, nothing's free. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, I totally agree. I still think there there is something to there being like similar to how there is when a head coach gets fired and the interim head coach comes in and is that bump you see sometimes it doesn't really last, but it, it happens for at least one game. And I do think you could see that here in the owner effect. I do think there is like a sense of relief and a weight off the a lot of people in the organization, not just the players, but also like the coaching staff and everything and feeling like, okay, maybe we're not great, but there is actual like, opportunity here now if not necessarily even with this organization but with another one like there's 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 a brighter future now and i do think that weight will kind of be lifted off and this is the commander's first sellout at home since like when i don't know since <laughs> rg3 in the playoffs or something i don't know but point being that there are going to be seemingly a lot of fans there and excited and juiced up for a new era uh, it's not quite the new era in terms of, you know, a lot of pieces have yet to be in place, I think, for the long term. Although, you know, maybe Sam Howell can prove he's something. We'll see. You know, this is a nice opportunity for him. It's a really good start to the season for him, I think, to settle in. Um, Terry McLaurin being unsure makes me, you know, a little anx- uh, anxious. But, I mean, you still have John Dotson there. I think mm-hmm. they'll figure it out just fine. And I will take them. What's the spread on this game? Seven. That's a big. I know the Cardinals are bad. That's a. It's a big line. It's a big line, I'm, but I'm fine. I'm fine taking it and and just being wrong. You know what I mean? Like I I would rather not believe in the Cardinals at all. What are you putting your faith in? You know, that's the question. If you're going to take the Cardinals in that it's, spot, you're just it's saying more like, the it's more the Cardinals being terrible and Sam Howell being serviceable and Jahan Dotson carrying the way, even if Terry McCorn can't. Like I mean. You know, like who, like you said, we don't know who the quarterback is for the Cardinals, but the commanders do have a solid pass rush. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not inconceivable that they could have like four sacks and one of them be a turnover or something like that. Like, that seems pretty par in my mind. Speaking of pass rush, I think Chase Young isn't necessarily a lock to play. Yeah, he's, um, man, back. Not a good situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, depressing i'm sure for commanders fans i mean it's it feels like i don't know chase young started to get like to me give off vibes of like trade candidate at the deadline for like a team who's like in sore need like ho- like playoff contender like couldn't you see the steelers like oh man say, like like just bring them over here and like we'll figure it out and you know blah blah blah. i mean it's possible there was but, some buzz about that the steelers being interested in him this offseason i could see them buying low on him and then naturally him being like not like a all-world player like he was supposed to be but like you know like a decent role player at least um i did want to get one last thing in on the commanders it isn't related to this game but i don't know if you saw this um on tuesday morning they announced um coaching promotions did you see this I did. Wong so there were, there, there were there were four promotions, including Juan Castillo, who is now former the running game coordinator. coordinator. Uh, but well, former Eagles shame. offensive line coach and fantastic one, uh, yeah. former Texas A and I Havelina. I don't know that I've ever told you this. My uncle uh, was roommates with him in college. I think he did at, at Texas A yeah. and I. Everyone uh, had nothing but nice things to say about Juan Castillo as a right. As a, um so but adam schefter uh added a note to it i don't know if you saw this he said old ownership would not green light these promotions but it remained but it well but he said but it remained on the top of ron rivera's list once the sale closed and now it is done presuming all that's true that's like really good job like and without a shock like really good of ron rivera to get that done like he's again a very good person very good human um so awesome of him to take care of his guys um again i know the name juan castillo is not a popular one um in philadelphia eagles lore anymore but you know cool story um so just thought that was interesting that uh, allegedly previous ownership wouldn't green light promotions why like because they'd have to pay them more money like so stupid which that's believable because they wouldn't want to do that but also it seems almost hard to believe from the standpoint of it can't be that much and also there's no cap space on right. coach spending and how much more could it be really in the grand scheme of things for a billionaire owner but then again again he also cut cost at every turn embarrassingly so so we have then all three um 
the Eagles, Cowboys, and Commanders winning. So the only loser in the division being the Giants. So then our predicted order that we will discuss the teams in next week will be the Cowboys, Commanders, because mm-hmm. they'll have the NFC win, um, and the Eagles would only have an AFC one, and then That's the true. Eagles and the Giants. Wow. <laughs> Shuffling of the deck. Anything Exciting. else? Yeah. Anything else we have to get to? Yeah. Before? Like, why don't we get into some uh, quick season prediction stuff for the NFC East? Um, so do you? Because you know, it's like obviously we're going to cover them every week, but let's let's go on the record now before the season starts. Say what we think could happen. Um, who do you think is going to win the division? Uh, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Um, I, I so you mentioned predictions. I, I mentioned I did that on Monday Football Monday, so everyone should go listen to that. And I picked the Cowboys, mm-hmm. like I mentioned. Uh, so I'm taking the Cowboys, and a lot of that is belief in the Cowboys, but a lot of that is belief in regression for the Eagles and regression doesn't mean like to the opposite side of the spectrum, but they were just so amazing last year. Plus we love to talk about there has been a repeat winner in the division in 19 years. Like that's working against them. Um, so, and plus the Cowboys with Dak have generally played well against them. And so if those games matter, you know, seismically, um, I think they'll lead in Dallas's favor. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to take Cowboys as well. Wow. I think it's going to come down to, I think both the Eagles and Cowboys, I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be like Cowboys 12 and five, Eagles 11 and six, or it's the same record. And it comes down to like some silly tiebreaker, like strength of victory or something like it. I think it's going to be the point being, I think it's a very narrow margin of separation. You think they, you think they live up to the hype as both being contenders and they just happen good. to play in the same division. Right. And I think it's, a matter of just like it's it's splitting hairs it's like very mm-hmm. close I, I think it's going to be the closest division title we'll see in years in terms of what decides it again i think maybe even coming down to some like third tiebreaker thing or whatever i think it's going to be that close and um so i think they're both one two i think they're I'll both playoff the teams yeah and then i think it's it's dallas philly new york washington for me what do you think the Cowboys, how do you think their season ends? I mean, so it was somewhat of a like Homer perspective on the NFL show. I picked them to win the Super Bowl over the Bengals. I mean, I think that they're as equipped as they have been, like to to be like to put it in like real terms. Like, and I, I so I think that like I think the same ceiling exists for them as does every team that isn't the Chiefs because the Chiefs have a higher ceiling than everybody, obviously. So like they could totally win the Super Bowl. They could totally make it to the Super Bowl or make it to the NFC Championship game. Like, they, there's an, there's no reason that you can see right now to me that, like, inhibits them or the Eagles or even the Giants to a smaller extent of being able to do that. So I think they're a playoff team, and presuming nothing crazy happens, they should they should be in the mix. Yeah, but I'm not asking you what you think can happen. I'm asking you to make a prediction. What I, I think the Cowboys season in? I think that they... What's the final game? I think the final game is the Super Bowl. Okay, do they win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I told you. I, I made. I said they beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. That's yeah. my NFL show pick. All right. Uh, my pick is going to be the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Hey, how about so, that? Crazy. Do... Uh, Who do they I beat? Do, I think there's so much working against that, including you know being in a division where there's another top looming threat and you can't even necessarily definitely win your own division. But there's something different, I feel like, about Jalen Hurts and – there was something different about the Eagles last year. It's a different year, but typically when the Eagles aren't expected to be good, um, they are, and vice versa. And they kind of broke that a little bit last year. I wonder if things are changing a little bit in that regard, and the Hurts has something to do with that. Um, so I'm going to lean into it. And even though it's hard, I think it's a little bit um, not fair to the Eagles if you're just going to be like, well, they're definitely going to get worse and blah, blah, blah. Like we, we talk about that stuff. I don't know if we proportionately talk about how Still have the best quarterback in the conference. Still have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Still have a great offensive line. Still have a great defensive line. Are they a flawless team? By no means. Did they lose both coordinators? Yeah. But did they also replace them with some people who are very much considered up and coming, especially in the case of Brian Johnson? I think Deshaun Desai is a little bit more of an unknown. But in Brian Johnson, in the offense, I think ultimately kind of matters more. I think they're really good there. And I think there's a lot of reason to believe in those things still. And I can't say it's like I believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt just because of the nature of the NFL being so unpredictable and zany and crazy. But I do legitimately believe that that's their ceiling. And I saw Jalen Hurts with my own eyes like play amazing in a Super Bowl and feel like he can win a Super Bowl. So I'll go with it. 
I don't know who they beat. I'm gonna say they beat the Chiefs. They get revenge, and that, w- that would be so Chiefs. boring. I mean, like, on, like if not they're gonna for, win the for like, like, no, and obviously not for Eagles fans, but like that, w- I would hate that any year. Like, you know what I mean? To have like the same two teams, that would be so boring. Well, like, we, we would need the rubber match at that point. We would I guess need that's true. a third straight one just to see who's the true champ. But but even so, last year featured the exact same AFC Championship game in the Niners in the NFC championship. So like of the final four, 75% was the same last year. You know what I mean? That was so boring. Like it's always nice. Like like the Bengals were so nice when they just like showed up. You know what I mean? Out of nowhere. Like that's always like a lot of fun. Sure. Uh so it would be boring, but I understand that obviously it wouldn't be for Eagles fans. Okay. Um okay, so we've both established long term picks for the seasons for the teams and obviously the division as a whole. I think we should do some of some NFL superlatives, but with okay. regards to the division specifically. So defensive rookie of the year, I think you're gonna take um who Obviously, you're taking Mozzie Smith, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't even believe that. No, I mean, if I have to pick one within the division, Jalen Carter is the pick that makes I mean, the most Jalen Carter sense. could win it. Like, he might win the, the actual award. It's tough. Um, although, didn't Quinnen Williams win it as a defense? And Aaron Donald? So, Not I mean, sure. there's but precedent. I mean, um, he's a good... He, unlike a lot of other players, though, like, he's on a good team. You know what I mean? Well, like, and a, a good visible team. A really bad t- team, so I think he's going to... He could eventually... Yeah, if, well, assuming the Eagles are good. He has that potential of more uh, national attention because of that. And the Eagles are going to be in, like, a billion times... Prime. They only have one, th- three 1 o'clock starts this year, which is wow. very tough. Three? What a bunch me. of losers. The Cowboys that's, only have two. So. That's very hard on me. Yeah, but you're also in the Central, which is, like, a little bit better. Not... Um, world's difference, but it's a little bit better, but... Um, it's the same time though that the game happens. Like it, whether it's at one Eastern or noon Central, like it, it's the same time. The kickoffs you don't have to stay up as late as I do. Okay, whatever. Anyway, um, so we both have Jalen Carter's defensive rookie of the year. My offensive rookie of the year pick within the division is Jalen Hyatt. I'm trying to think. I'm trying. So I'm trying to think of like who are the Luke Scoodmaker, your boy. Who else would it be? Um, I like Chris Rodriguez, but and also so the folks at Hogs Haven, as I mentioned. But if you I wanted don't... to do like, I always find it interesting how baseball allows like rookie of the year voting. You know what I mean? Like uh, to play it. I don't know the exact rules. I need to ask uh, John Stolness, but like sometimes players who have played in major league baseball are allowed to win like rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, we're so, not like, doing that. It's no, no, no. Football. So like, like that would be the only way you could say like maybe Sam Howell, you know what I mean? Like whatever. No, but, no. Um, but no, Those Jalen, I, I agree with you. I'm just, you, you asked a question. I was answering. I think it has to be him like by default almost. We've talked him up enough that, be. like, if we don't pick him, then we're just stupid. You know what I mean? So, I just don't know who else it would be. I mean, Deuce Vaughn is technically an option if you think okay, that, that there's like a, a renaissance there. Um, but I'll I go mean, with Jalen Hyatt. You're right. That's probably the best bet. Uh, defensive player of the year is clearly Micah Parsons. I mean, <laughs> how many players have more sacks than Hassan Reddick since? I would. I, I I've said this before, though. I would not take Micah to win that award. Like, I would not take the bet to win that award uh, because he's the favorite. I mean, I would not put money on it right now. I think Hassan Reddick could win that award. I don't know. Like, he's I legit th- chance. No, I think like his season last year is working against him because like to win things like that, you have to like generally outperform yourself. Like, it's hard to be. It's hard <laughs> to have only- like a less impressive individual season and still win the award. He went from 12 and a half to 11 to 16, and he, then he had three in the playoffs. I don't think that's, I don't, I, don't, I know, I but it, if he I has he like be a 20 sack a year guy, I think okay, that's but within range for him. My point is, if he has 13 sacks, which is still an impressive season, it's the argument is like, well, he had 16 last year. That's my, that's why it's so hard. Yeah, to but sometimes with. you need that previous year to actually defensive like get player more of the year in the division, Micah Parsons. I'm going to say Reddick. You don't believe that. You know, you don't Why not? He's been awesome. He's so been you, very good. So if you had to bet on, on Micah or Hassan Reddick, you're going to bet on Hassan Reddick. Yeah. You're not just lying to me now. You're lying. To, you're telling you want to make the listeners money, been more and you're going to tell them to bet on Hassan Reddick. Who's been more impactful in the postseason? Okay, so who are you going to? You're really going to do this, just so everyone knows. Why it's not right. that crazy? Okay, that's fine. That's hey, Again, it's your, it's your ballot. More it's your ballot. The, since 2020, the, the listeners will hold you accountable. I'm good with. I I'll be. You think I'm not going to lose a wink of sleep tonight over this? Like I'm I'm at peace on this. So, um, offensive player of the year. <laughs> I think the contenders, really the contenders for each team, offensive player of the year. I actually would say Philly's contenders, Devonte Smith. I don't want to do like the. Let's can we just take the quarterbacks out of it? Because that's not like. No, yeah, this is do... this is generally like the uh, Mark Schofield yeah. said this on the show. It's like the best wide receiver, effectively. Uh, so my uh, my suggestion no... for the 
Well, I think to, I think the Devonte Smith glow up year is, is coming. Like I, that, that's my, I'm not, it's not a slide against AJ Brown. I just think Devonte is amazing. So I think Devonte CD's the contender for the Cowboys. Uh, Darren Waller would be the option for the Giants, and I guess Terry McLaurin, unless We're Jahan Dotson. Dotson passed him up, you know, on the Commanders. But oh, yeah, AJ Brown is obviously a factor. I don't think Brandon Cooks could do enough on his own to win the award. Um, but again, if you're going to win like that award, you have to have like a, a statistical season to back it up. So it's difficult to imagine like, you know, two team or one team having two like 1200 yard receivers. I know it happens, but like, it's just, it's not likely is my point. Yeah. There could be a scenario where let's say Terry McLaurin's injury kind of is more nagging and an issue. And mm-hmm. then Dotson just like kind of emerges and is like, as a huge, even though the commander's not necessarily being good, but like, there's a scenario where even a player on a not great team could win this because they're just so dominant with the volume that they get. Right. Like if if Dawson has like you know like I don't know what's a reason what's a high but reasonable number like what if he fifteen hundred like, yards fifteen hundred yeah, yards I was and say like sixteen or something and eighteen touchdowns something then, like that yeah he could be that guy even though if the Commanders aren't like the number one team in the division but um, not counting on that as the most likely thing but saying it's within the realm of possibility and this is a tough ward because there's a lot of legitimate contenders. I think AJ Brown is like the best offensive player in the NFC. And I love Devontae, but I think AJ is that guy. And I'm just going to have to lean with him. I don't think that's a bad direction to lean in. Um, It's just, again, to the logic. So he had four yards shy of 1,500 last year, 11 touchdowns. I mean, that's just so hard to beat. Well, I mean, you say that, but the Eagles were also in a lot of scenarios where they were like running so much late in game. They, They went one of the lowest passing. Uh, like game script things in terms of they were just they got up so much that they so a lot of fantasy people are expecting for example Jalen Hurts's passing volume to go up just because they're by virtue of they're going to be in closer games this year and I think you sure. can see that manifest with guys like AJ Brown as well like, I think you could see their volume actually increase just by virtue of being in closer games I think that the AJ Brown pick makes the most sense but again I think Devontae I, yeah, I think he's the like if we lift if we laid out odds, he's definitely the favorite. But I I just think that Devonte will eat into it. You know what I mean? It, again, it has nothing to do with AJ. It's just he's such a great secondary option. No argument for me. Uh, they're, um, they're both very great. I would I would say AJ Brown has to be the favorite. But again, the the stellar season of last year works against you. That's my logic when, on a lot of things. Um, and Devonte I mean, and AJ. I I think other, if like if you had to place a bet on hypothetical odds darren waller might be the one because like he's going to get a ridiculous amount of targets you know what i mean like he might be the one who has a statistical season to back it up yeah like the dotson thing basically right well except he just he doesn't have the terry mclaurin you know what i mean like going on so um okay so um we did defensive player offensive player we need coach of the year and mvp <laughs> and i think we're both like we know i'm you're gonna go sirianni uh hurts um, i don't know if i'm gonna go with them for coach of the year because like the Eagles win projected win total, which I think is a factor because that sets the reasonable expectation for what the team is expected to do and then should be judged somewhat against that. The Eagles are what, like 10 and a half, nine and a half or something. So it's like it's, it's hard for him going to be hard for him to like go way over the expectation as much as I think he's more likely to just meet it. Um, I think McCarthy is a better narrative going for him in the sense of like, you know, he's taking over. So like, you know, if the Cowboys take any kind of step forward at, at all, even if they're one win better, it's like, well, look, we're now we're even better. Well, and to your consistent. point, like if they do like say they sweep the Eagles, you know, and then it's like you knock down and they say they do win the division. Then it's you. You know what I mean? You you took over the division from this amazing Eagles team, blah, blah, blah. Like you're right. Like people people generally for awards like this tend to award the like come upper as opposed mm-hmm. to the like fall right. downer. That's, that's what I'm saying. You're measuring things versus expectation. If you, if you perform as expected, you're not going to get really credit for that, even though the win total could be at a high number. That deserves a lot of credit. So we agree uh, it's yeah. Mike McCarthy. I think he is the best narrative because it can't be Dable because unless the Giants yeah. like win the division and they're, they win 13 games, it can't be him. It would have to be that. And it's not going to be Ron Rivera unless they win the division, basically, which no one would expect. Yeah. Um, okay. So then MVP, this, I think this is actually the tightest one. Like we like have mildly debated some of these things and, but like, and whoever winds up having the season worthy of it is going to be mm-hmm. like, indica- it's, it will be emblematic of the way the seasons unfold. Like if Dak does, you know, get rid of the interceptions and just lights it up, 
with Brandon Cooks, Mike McCarthy's West Coast, Tex Coast offense, whatever, like obviously it's next year. And the narrative I think works out for Dak to win MVP in real life, like the actual MVP, not the one we're giving out here, because quarterback of the like if he's if the Cowboys are the one seed, you know what I mean? Like I think like some people think they will be. Like that works out really well in his favor. He's never won the award before. He's never really been closely in contention for the award. Uh, but similarly, if Jalen Hurts, you know, does it again, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, well, it wasn't a flash in the pan. Like he really yeah. is. If he keeps doing the goal line sneaks and everything like that, like again, I think then there I I this will not this is not at all intended to sound like some sort of slight. Sometimes I think there's like a bit of like making up for the people that the 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 like voters do with awards. So I think people could be like, well, like he could in in that respect, he could have a less statistically great season and the voters could be like, well, he really deserved the MVP last year and he didn't get it. So let's go ahead and give him this one. You know what I'm saying? The Joel Embiid MVP. (laughs) How appropriate for another Philly athlete. Tough for me to say, but it's true in some part. Uh, With Hertz, I definitely think the repeatability is like a big factor in his favor in the sense of like, well, Shane Steichen left. So it clearly wasn't him. And um, they also, let's say, they win 11 games. That's a step back from their total. But if the offense is still, like, killer and it's clear that, like, the defense just fell off because they lost players, like, that's not going to hurt. That's not going to hurt Jalen Hurts. That's only going to help him. Like, right. If they're able to be a really good team again with the defense getting worse, then people are going to be like, well, it wasn't the defense. Truly, it was actually him. And, I mean, if he just – by virtue of becoming the first quarterback to lead a team to repeat in this crazy division, like that kind of gets you the MVP. Uh, at least our MVP. Uh, we'll see. Right. In okay. This context. Any other awards we want to hand out before or predict before we leave? No. Um, okay. Well, then it's time to – add our songs to the NFC East mixtape playlist. That's true. Um, so Rachel, as always, uh, got hers in early and as always delivered a banger. Um, oh, she, yeah. she chose forever and she wrote, she even wrote it out forever by Drake, Kanye, Lil Wayne, and Eminem. Way to go, Rachel. Huge song back playing like basketball in high school. You know, it was like a big warm up song. It was just a big song. I think in like when I was maybe in like ninth grade, that's like 2000. Six, seven ish around that time. It's there with um Till I Collapse by Eminem. That's the like ultimate another huge high school basketball warm up song. Yeah, I mean um and not probably still doing that. Not quite a warm-up song, but like a listen to in the locker room to get hyped by yourself Mm. song. Remember the name by Fort Minor. Oh yeah. So twenty percent whatever. Uh no, what it's twenty percent ten percent skill. I don't remember it to butcher it. I have to look it up now. Um okay. all right. right, so hold up, let me look this up. So uh this is 10% luck, 20%, 20% skill, skill, 15% concentrated power of will, <laughs> uh 5% pleasure, 50% pain, pain. Yeah. and a hundred percent reason to remember reason the to name. Remember the name. So like you're hearing that, you're like, okay, like well, five percent, you know, concentrated power, that's not bad. 50% pain, like what the heck? So, yeah. um, of, wow. you know what they uh, say? What do they say? <laughs> well, if you know, it, I don't need to say it. Um, anyway. Um, okay. So I'm going to go with uh, a song I alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. uh, because I really want to drive home the point, uh, that the Cowboys are starting off the season Sinatra style, the theme from New York, New York. Uh, that's my song choice for this week. Again, New York giants, wow. New York jets. So boom. Bum, bum, what a great was, like that's a great start to a song. Makes sense. That's a good pick by you. Sinatra is awesome. Love Frank Sinatra. Um I had to listen to that. So I went to New York. I think I'm I don't know if I mentioned this to you. I feel like I mentioned this somewhere. But I'm gonna mention it again here. I went to New York with my friend Jess earlier this year, and I had us listen that to that in the car on the way up. Because I had to. I had to they set the tone, I had to feel the New York vibe. RJ, are you frozen? It looks like you're frozen. Can you hear me at all? Mm, he's completely frozen and I can't hear him. Will he come back or will I just keep talking? I guess I'm just going to keep talking because it's rolling. Okay. My pick for the playlist is a pump up song. Kind of want to go with till I collapse after hearing that, but I cannot because that is not what I truly had in my heart. Uh, RJ is messaging me on Slack to keep going. He dropped out of the chat. Uh, he's saying he's having internet issues. Rachel can edit through some of this, maybe. 
I mean, I could just give my song and I could wrap us up, but I kind of want RJ to react to my song. So it's not very satisfying if I just say it Back. here. You got this. I need to hear your song. I'm on a hot spot, so make it quick and then we'll go. Also, how does this work with the... I? So my song was Metallica's Fuel. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Because I felt like it was just like this energy, like pump up for week one. And uh, I did. I was thinking about Enter Sandman because it's also a great Metallica song, obviously, the most well-known. But the college football teams, was it Virginia Tech, uses that. I didn't want to like... I don't, I don't want a college football vibe. I wanted a different vibe, so I'm going with Fuel. Okay. Um, then that's it. The listeners are going to see and hear all of this. So, Brandon, give them a word as we leave. One word. Happy Friday. <laughs> nice.